take some time to look at the subject of heaven this morning. And again, we'll be considering some thoughts from the Word of God here today. And as we do, we'll again just want to begin here in Psalm chapter 68. Psalm chapter 68. Now this doesn't talk specifically about heaven, but it does talk about life and uh, death. And so, again, when it comes to life and death, some think, again, you know, there's just this life, and after this life is over, that's the end. Or maybe some believe, again, after this life, you might be reincarnated, etc. But again, there are different ideas about life and death, but who has the answers uh, to this subject? The Bible says here in Psalm 68, verse number 19, and uh, verse number 20, it says, Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even God, the God of our salvation, say law. He, that is our God, is the God of salvation. And unto God, the Lord, belongeth the issues from death. And so again, when it comes to issues from death and about death and that surround death, the Bible has these answers. And so this morning I want to have us turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we see someone here in the Bible, I believe it was actually the Apostle Paul as he wrote this, that uh, experienced, it seems here, at least a temporary kind of a death. And again, that seems odd, weird, etc., but we need to just read through this and see uh, what the Bible says here. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, verse number 1, the Bible says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come in visions and revelations of the Lord. It's Paul writing. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. How he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. This morning I want to talk about these two things. Again, they're the same thing. I want to talk to you about the third heaven and paradise. So we discuss these thoughts from the Word of God. Again, I encourage you to take notes because a lot of people really don't know that much about the third heaven and paradise. And so we're going to be looking at, uh, again, the third heaven, that is God's heaven, or paradise. Let's pray as we consider these thoughts today. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for today. Thank you again for this time we can meet. Thank you again for the freedom uh, to meet and assemble here today. And Father, to do so uh, freely and without fear in our country. Again, just ask, Lord, that you just bless this time as we meet again here today and help us again to just look into what the Bible says about heaven, uh, paradise, the third heaven, and as we do, I pray that you would enlighten us, show us your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe to most, if not all, heaven is a great mystery. And it is a great mystery because we only know about heaven through the Bible. We can't go to a book, although someone might go to a book today because, you know, there's this little boy who uh, saw and thought he experienced heaven and and there's a book that's written about heaven and, and that sort of thing. And, and people today even still read that book, even though that, that boy came along later and said he made up the whole story. And it's still published today. You probably still can get it today. You probably can read about it today. And 
this little boy said he experienced heaven and, and he wrote and uh, had a book written about heaven. Heaven is for real. I think, I, I think that's the name of the book, if I remember right. But again, what is heaven really like? Who does go to heaven? What is heaven about? We see here in the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul write about, again, visions and revelations of the Lord. And he talks about, again, a man that had uh, uh, about 14 years, years ago uh, had been caught up, the Bible says, uh, uh, to the third heaven, verse number two. He had been caught up to the third heaven. And in verse number four, it says, he that it says how that he was caught up into paradise. And so these are the same thing. Heaven and paradise are the same thing. And, and one can be caught up to heaven and caught up to paradise. The fact that the Bible speaks about heaven and the fact the Bible speaks about paradise are true. And there are certain people and certain, again, faiths today, systems that don't even believe in heaven. The Bible talks about the heaven of heavens. You can see that back in the Old Testament. It talks about a new heaven and a new earth. It talks about heaven in general. And I'm not going to get into all those details today. I've talked about heaven and and a lot of different things on that subject. But again, we're going to turn to Revelation chapter 21. as kind of a, a short glimpse or overview of heaven. And again, as I look at it here, just reading about it, and I'll just read through it, Revelation chapter 21, uh, verse number 10 through 21. We know about heaven because the Bible talks about it. It talks specifically about it. And in Revelation chapter 21, mentions who's in it and who will be a part of it. And again, as we consider some, just a, a, just a general overview, a broad spectrum of the third heaven here, a paradise here today, I will consider some thoughts on it. Revelation chapter 21, let's pick up in verse number 10. The Bible says, and he carried me away in the spirit. This is uh, talking about John. He was carried away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me a great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So this is certainly, again, part of heaven. Having the glory of God. Their light was like unto, the, uh, unto a stone most precious, uh, even at, like a uh, jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a, a wall great and high, and it had 12 gates, and, and at the gate 12 angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, on the east three gates, and on the north three gates, and the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of that city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length of uh, uh, is uh, as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, twelve thousand furlongs. And the length and the breadth and the height are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, and 140 cubits, according to the measure of man, that is, of the angel. And the building of the wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. And the foundation of the wall of the city was garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first uh, foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third 
uh, Chalcedony, the third, Amro, the fifth, Sardix, the sixth, Sardis, and the seventh, Chrysolite, and the eighth, Beryl, and the ninth, Topaz, and the tenth, uh, Chrysophorus, and uh, the eleventh, Jason, and uh, the eleventh of Amasis, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls, and every several gate was one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold. It were, as it were, transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein. The Lord our God Almighty and the Lamb of the temple. And the sea had no need of the sun, neither the moon, uh, to shine it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is a light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory and honor into it. And it could go on. It says, And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day for there shall be no night there and they shall bring their glory and honor of the nations into it and there shall no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination nor maketh a lie but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life so we consider thoughts on the third heaven here today again we need to look at some thoughts about heaven because there are many different misconceptions when it comes to heaven. So uh, let's consider these thoughts here from the Word of God this morning. Uh, but let's pray together before we do. Father, thank you again for your Word. Thank you again for this, this heaven that is real. This heaven again that is lightened by the Lord and the Father. We thank you for this heaven that the saved will enter into someday. We thank you again for the heaven that is real and visible, and eternal, and wonderful. So many other adjectives could describe it. As we consider some thoughts on it today, I pray, Lord, that we could see it, at least to some degree, in a true Bible light. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There are so fanciful thoughts about heaven, like there's one gate, and Peter stands at that gate. Is that biblical? I'm not here to... Uh, maybe, uh, again, you know, look at you and say, you know, you just don't understand what heaven's about. I, I don't think a lot of people understand what heaven's about. But we see some things about heaven. It mentions there, and uh, we've heard this before, there's streets of gold there. Well, it says that in verse number 21, the street of the city was of pure gold. And so we know, again, that there will be golden streets in heaven. We know there are gates in heaven. In fact, there's 12 gates it mentions there, and gives us the dimensions of, again, the city and the wall and all those things and what's on the wall and, and the manner of precious stones upon the wall. It talks about the foundations. It talks about all these different things. But I, I'm not going to again look at this chapter today much at all. I just read over it just to help you to see there is a Bible's heaven. And there is a holy city, the Bible says, the, the heavenly Jerusalem, the holy Jerusalem, as it's talked about in verse number 10. It says to show that showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And so this is definitely a part of heaven as we read about it. So we read about that city, and we read about, again, those streets, and we read about the walls, and we read about, again, what the Bible talks about and says about heaven. We see, again, some thoughts about it, both there in chapter 21 and in chapter 22, if you'd like to read further about it. Well, I want to talk to you about some things that need to be 
talked about here today. First of all, I want to talk to you about the misconceptions about heaven. Because there are many that have misconceptions about heaven. And let's just begin there. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 20. The first misconception I want to consider here this morning, that's very important for us to consider when it comes to heaven this morning, is going to heaven is not automatic. Going to heaven is not automatic. You know, many people think, you know, you just, people just die and they just end up in heaven. And I, I wish that was the case and I wish everybody would go there, but heaven is not automatic. In fact, heaven is not for all. I mean, it's for all. Anybody can go there, but it's not going to be for all. It hasn't been for all. All heaven gone to heaven. You know, we sing songs, when we all get to heaven. You know, many Baptist churches says, when the saved get to heaven. Because it's only the saved that will walk in the city, as it mentions there in Revelation chapter 21. Matthew 5, verse number 20, the Bible says here, for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven certainly sounds like Jesus is saying that not everybody is going to go to heaven. They have to have righteousness that exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, someone might say, how can anybody have righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees? Well, you need the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness of Christ. But heaven is not automatic. That's a great misconception that everybody goes to heaven because Jesus said here in the Bible, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter in the kingdom of heaven. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, just down the road here a little bit. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 13 and verse number 14. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Few find life. Few find the way. Not all go to heaven. That's a misconception. You might have grown up, maybe you said, well, I don't believe that all go to heaven. I just believe most go to heaven. Most go up to heaven. Well, let's read on here. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 21 through verse number 23. There's a misconception that most go to heaven. Some say all go to heaven, and then some say, well, really, it's just most. It's just most. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, these are the them that have done many works for God, cast out devils, uh, those that prophesy and preach in his name, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Apart from me, ye that work iniquity. 
Not even most. And I say not even most because this, again, is dealing with people that profess to be Christians. And again, that's another, uh, again, a a misconception when it comes to people, when it comes to those that go to heaven. Well, you just need to be a professing Christian. You just need to be on the right side. I'm not saying you're someone who doesn't believe in God. Uh, You're not someone, again, who is maybe of a different uh, religious sect. As long as you believe there is a heaven, you're in good merits with heaven, you will go to heaven. Well, this doesn't seem to be the case here, does it? I want to read this again. Maybe you've never seen this before. It's a very important passage. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's a real shocker. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. I mean, master, master. I mean, these are people that don't believe in the Lord. These are people that do things for the Lord. But yet it says, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. It's not about a profession. It's about doing the will of God according to the scriptures. And we'll look at that a little bit later. But, you know, people have this thought that professing Christians will all go to heaven. Look at verse 22. It doesn't say some. That's, that's why I say there's going to be many that miss heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Then I'll profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now one can look at this passage of Scripture and just say, well, I just don't believe it. It's, it's in the Bible. I don't think you'll have, again, the ability to say someday, I just don't believe it. But many professing believers who have done many wonderful works, that have prophesied in the name of Jesus, that have even cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Again, Acts chapter 19, verse 13 through 16. You can just write that down if you're taking notes. And then they named on many wonderful works, will depart from the Lord Jesus Christ one day, being workers of iniquity. And so there's misconceptions about heaven. All go to heaven. Most go to heaven. Professing Christians go to heaven. Sincere religious people go to heaven. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 3. Some think, you know, all you have to be sincere and religious. I mean, practice your faith. I mean, practice it. I'm not talking about, you know, being in a position where you talk about religion, you don't practice it. You just need to be sincere in your religion. As long as you're sincere in your religion, you'll be okay. You'll make it. God will let you in for sure. You just need to be sold out. You just need to be someone, again, who follows the Bible, follows the rules of the Scriptures. Notice here in Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 4. You know, a lot of people trust in their religious life and who they are and maybe who they were born to. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 4, it says, Though I might have also confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he therefore he might trust in the flesh, I the more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, Touching the righteousness, which is of the law, blameless. 
But what things were gained unto me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them that but dung that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. People have this idea that you just do the religious thing. You just be a religious person. You be born to the right background. Here, again, it talks about someone here, Paul especially in particular. He was circumcised on the eighth day. That was the right day to be circumcised. You know, a person's in, involved with different religions. They believe, you know, you'd be baptized at a certain time, confirmed at a certain age. I do all these things. As long as you do these things, you'll be in the right position uh, with God. And Hebrew, the Hebrews, touching the law of Pharisees. Pharisees studied the Bible. The Pharisees memorized the Bible. The Pharisees gave tithes. The Pharisees followed the law. And he mentions again how he, as touching the law, he was blameless. He, he considered the commandments of God. He tried to follow the commandments of God. He ever clung to the commandments of God. He even persecuted those who belonged to the church of God, thinking that they were wrong and they were latecomers or whatever it might be. But he counted this righteousness as nothing, as dung, the Bible says there. And he talks about having the faith of Christ, verse 9, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now people think by what they do, they'll be in good with God. They think by their religion, they'll merit maybe heaven. They think about following the commandments, they'll be in a good position. Maybe they'll think if they just are just really zealous, they'll be, again, in a good position with God. But these are misconceptions. These things aren't true. Let's turn to James chapter 2. Some will say simply, all you have to do is believe. Simply, I mean, the church marquees across the country, around the world, will have marquees that just believe. Just believe. I'm glad that they believe. And it's respectful to believe. But notice who also believes. James chapter 2, verse number 19. The Bible says, Thou believest there is one God. Thou doest well. That's good to believe. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils also believe and tremble. It's a good thing to believe there's a God. That's a starting place, so to speak, but that is not salvation. The devils believe and tremble. Someone says, I fear God. That's a great thing. The devils also fear God. Someone says, I believe. I believe there is a God. Well, the devils also believe, and they fear that same God, and they do tremble. But the devils, along with the devil, we cast in the lake of fire. As it mentions in the scriptures. Let's turn to Luke chapter 13. Someone might say, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm covering these misconceptions because it's important. Because I believe, again, there's a lot of people that have misconceptions about how to get to heaven. What it takes to be uh, one who will be entitled to heaven. And again, no one's entitled. It's only by grace we get to heaven. It's only by faith we get to heaven. Not of our works, lest any man should boast. Luke 13 here, verse number 24. There are many different misconceptions about 
entrance into heaven. The nations of them that are saved shall walk in the city thereof. That's what Revelation says. Luke chapter 13 and verse number 23. The Bible talks about being saved here. It says, Then said one of them unto him, Lord, are the few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter into the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to uh, enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut to the door and you begin to stand without and to knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Then you shall begin to say, we have eaten and drunk in thy presence and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and ye yourself thrust out. Jesus cautioned those who wondered about being saved. And he says, strive to enter in that straight gate. Strive. Luke 16, press to enter into it. And so, there's a need for there to be some effort on our part to find heaven and find salvation, find the righteousness of God, which is by faith, that can give us salvation. Turn to Luke chapter 18. Some will say, well, I just, I'll just be religious. I'll just do the right things. I'll follow my religion. I'll follow my righteousness. I'll, I'll even have pride in myself and my ways, and I'll make it there through these things. Well, let's read here in Luke chapter 18, verse number 10. It says, Two men went into the temple to pray, the one the Pharisee, another a publican. And the Pharisee stood thus with himself and said, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. May I ask you this? Any of you guys fast twice a week? I don't. I give tithes of all I possess. I mean, this guy sounds pretty good. He gives a 10% of everything he possesses. And the publican standing off would not lift up his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Who's justified? The one that fasts, the one that gives tithes, the one that's not as other people are. He's not an extortioner. He's not an adulterer. He's not unjust. He's religious. He's a good person. Many people have in their thought process, you know, just need to be religious, be a good person, fast, give, you know, these kind of things. Do, do what your religion tells you to do, and, and when it's all said and done, you'll make it to heaven. To many, they think going to church, making a good effort, being religious, always doing your best, being sincere, living a pretty good life. These are all things that will lead you to heaven for sure. John 14, let's turn over there. There may be some, again, who are just misinformed when it comes to heaven. It's sad they are. It's sad people can go to church and have the wrong answers when it comes to what do you think will allow you to get to heaven? What do you think will allow you to get you to heaven? 
You know, back in 2000, I don't remember which year it was, but I think it was in 2002 or 2003, uh, we went to the winter show. And Calvary Baptist Church had a booth at the winter show. And you know that event brings a lot of people from this region uh, to this area. Not maybe as many as it used to, but we had a booth at the winter show. And I have in the cabinets back there an old brochure, a piece of paper that we took and, and we handed out to individuals there. And it had some questions on it. And, and the, one of the major questions on it was this, what do you think will get you to heaven? Now, I just want to give you some of the answers that we got. These are the answers we got. Because we're in an area of the country that's mainly Catholics and mainly Lutherans, we got mostly answers from Catholics and Lutherans. As we had a little blank on there, what's your religious affiliation, I believe it was, something along that lines. And here's the answers we got from Catholics. And that's not all, but this is part of the list. Again, uh, one person said believe. Another person said praise and do good works. Another person said believe that Jesus is the Savior. Another person uh, put down, live a good lifestyle. Another person, I think, just to be funny, said be lucky. I don't know. Or maybe they just think you have to be lucky to get to heaven. Another person wrote down prayer and goodness. Those are the answers from Catholics. There was one person that wrote down, I'm not sure. And I think that's good because a lot of people just don't know for sure. And then we got answers from some Lutherans. And, and the answers was by praising and asking for forgiveness. Believe that Jesus died to forgive our sins. Another Lutheran said faith. Another said believing in God. Another said love one another. Another one says treating people kindly and loving even your enemies. Another person wrote down being pretty good in God's eyes. Why so many different answers? Why such different vast answers? A Methodist wrote down faith. Someone from Victory Free Church wrote down only God knows. Someone who was Nazarene wrote down, believe in God. Another person who was Nazarene wrote down, reading the Bible and living by God's rules. That's sad for an answer from someone who's from a Nazarene background, by the way. Someone from the Spirit of Life Church wrote down, be good. Someone that's non-denominational said, live right. Let's turn to John chapter 20. There's a lot of different answers when it comes to how one might think they might get to heaven. And you see in these answers just, I, I believe, just utter confusion. I, I, I see, and again, I'm not saying again, trying to be mean here, but I'm just saying, why so many different answers? Why would someone just say, be lucky? Why would someone say, prayer and goodness? Why would someone say, praise and do good works? Why would, say, would someone even say from a church, only God knows? These are such wild answers. John chapter 20, verse number 31, the Bible says, But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Why not something specifically along the lines of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. 
Why not someone say, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ to save me from my sin to be saved? Why not somebody saying something about grace and being saved? These would be good answers. Let's turn to John chapter 10. Why not someone say, as John chapter 10 say, says, I went through the door to be saved. John chapter 10, it says, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Why not someone turn to John chapter 14, verse number 6? Why not someone say in John chapter 14, verse number 6, I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believed in the way of salvation. The Bible talks about, I've Got the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And that's why I'm going to heaven. John 14, verse 6, it says, And Jesus saith unto me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's so many misconceptions about heaven, it's sad. For some, heaven's just a state of mind. Heaven is a fanciful dream. Heaven is here on earth. Heaven is not for real. Heaven is a place where you strum on hearts, on clouds, and you rest forever, and it's a peaceful place, and a, all those kind of things. Well, what is heaven like for real? Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. What is heaven like for real? Again, we don't have time again this morning again just to spend on this subject. It's actually quite a vast subject, the subject of heaven, but I just want to mention Again, some things about heaven, the nature of heaven as far as the Bible is concerned. First of all, I want to, you to notice it's a place of beauty and mystery. It's a place of beauty and mystery. Again, this passage talks about, again, some may be caught up into the third heaven, verse number two. Someone caught up into paradise, and the Bible says there in verse number four, how he that was caught up in paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Unspeakable things. This man saw. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We understand that heaven is a majestic place. It's a grand place. It's a beautiful place. It's a wonderful place. It's a monumental place. It's an awesome place. It's, again, a place that's not at all like this earth that we have today. I mean, there are trees in heaven. The Bible talks about those in Revelation chapter 22. There's a river in heaven that's described there in the Bible in Revelation chapter 22. There's fruit in heaven. We know there's fruit in heaven because of Revelation chapter 22. There are gates. There are, there's this big city there. We know that from Revelation 21. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9, the Bible says, But as is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for those that loved him. God's prepared some things for them that love him. Things we haven't seen yet, things we haven't experienced yet. The Bible says, I go to prepare a place for you in the book of John. A mansion, a beauty and majesty of only the greatest that God can offer us. Heaven is a beautiful yet mysterious place. We don't know exactly how to describe it. We don't know all the details of it. 
Let's turn to Philippians chapter 1. But Paul did know this. Paul was saved by grace. He was saved by salvation in the Son of God. He repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and he was saved. Philippians chapter 1, as he looked at life, he looked at it through the eyes that I don't believe a lot of people look through it. As we see here in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 21, he, I believe, looked at heaven as being a better place. And it certainly is a far better place as he describes it here, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I choose, I what not. I am in a strait between two, having the desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better. It says here he has a desire to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better. You know, he wanted to be with Christ. He had a desire also that people be saved. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they be saved. He had more than just one desire. He had a desire to be with Christ, which is far better, but he said, it's, it's better for you. It's more needful for you right now that I abide in the flesh, verse 24. It says, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. As we think about the nature of heaven, it is a beautiful and mysterious place. It's a better place. It's a place to be desired. As the Bible describes it here. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 16. Psalm chapter 16. Although we don't know the full scope of the beauty, the dimensions, all those things when it comes to heaven, we don't know what it's really like. I'm not going to try to Again, paint a picture that maybe some would try to picture, paint of heaven that isn't similar to that which you see in Revelation 21 and Revelation chapter 22, because that's where we see in the Bible at least a little bit of glimpse of what heaven is like and what the real heaven is like. Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16 here, verse number 11. We often think about heaven and we think about what is it like. Psalm 16, verse number 11, it says, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. At thy right hand. Well, where's God? He's in heaven. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. In thy presence is fullness of joy. We can experience joy today, but not the fullness of joy. Not like it will be in heaven. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. And in thy, at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so we thirdly think about heaven in these terms as a place of bliss and joy forevermore. What a wonderful place heaven should be. What a wonderful place heaven is. Turn to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. The glories of heaven are described here by the Apostle Paul in terms that can be measured in dimensions as far as the, the city, again, that's from heaven, etc. But uh, Revelation chapter 21, verse number 4. Heaven will be a place where we will 
again, uh, not have to deal with the sorrows, the crying, and the pain that we experience in this life. Revelation 21, verse 4, it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things shall be passed away. No more death, sighing, pain, all those kind of things. Joy to experience, pain to be away from. It's back up here in the bio, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. The bitterness of life, the sorrows of life, the pains of life will one day be gone after again God makes a new heaven and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, as it mentions here in the scriptures in First Peter here, chapter 5 and uh, verse number 1. The Bible talks about heaven being a place of glory. First Peter chapter 5 and verse number 1, the Bible says, The elders which are among you I exhort, whom also am an elder, a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. There's a glory that shall be revealed. John 14 talks about mansions that are prepared for us. Haven't seen them. Nobody's seen them, except for those that are in heaven even right now. What is hell, heaven like? Ian Bounds said this, it says, where there is wealth and good that defines all language to convey and all beauty to describe, that is heaven. What there is wealth and good defies all language to convey and all beauty to describe, that is heaven itself. William Beterwolf said this, heaven would hardly be heaven if we could define it. And don't turn there, but Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34 says, We have in heaven, in heaven, a better and enduring substance. William Shakespeare said, Heaven is the treasury of everlasting joy. Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew, let's read Matthew chapter 7. Then we'll come over to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 21. We looked at this already, but just going to look at this quickly here. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 21. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth my Father which is in heaven. What is the will of the Father which is in heaven? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 21. What is the will of of the Father which is in heaven. What is that will? Well, let's look here. Matthew chapter 21, verse number 28 through verse number 32. We see the will of the Father which is in heaven in Matthew chapter 21, verse number 28 through verse 32. The Bible says, But what think you? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go to work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not, but afterwards he repented and went. And came to the second, he likewise, and he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether the twain or two did the will of his father, they said unto him, the first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that publicans 
and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. You know, some again hear the message of God and they say, no. But afterward, they repent. It goes on and says in verse 32, it says, For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, which is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Someone dying in your place is a substitute. Not needing to follow the law, but rather put your faith in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, and you believe not him. But the publicans and harmuts believed him. And ye, when ye had sent it, seen it, repented not afterward that you might believe him. Two key words when it comes to the Father's will. Repent and believe. Then we don't have time here this morning here to again really look at this in great detail, but this is how one gets into the kingdom of God. The Bible says the publicans, verse 31, the publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto them in the way of righteousness. So he came unto them and told them how they could have righteousness. And he said, repent and believe in Jesus and believe on Jesus. Jesus said in Luke chapter 13, verse 3, it says, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. And so that certainly is the will of the Father that you repent, lest you perish. John 3, verse 16 says, believe and have everlasting life or you perish. Again, that's a paraphrase, but believe, have everlasting life or you perish. So these are the key. Let's turn to Acts chapter 16. One might say, well, what must I do to be saved? Well, you have to be saved. You have to be saved the Bible way. You have to be saved from your sin. You have to be saved by faith. You need to be saved by grace. You need to be saved without works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 and 9. Titus chapter 3, verse number 5. Other verses make mention that. Acts chapter 16, verse 30, it says, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. It doesn't say believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are millions upon millions that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are devils that believe in God and believe in Jesus. But it says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. John came preaching to them. Did they receive him? Let's turn to John chapter 1. Did they receive Jesus Christ as a gift? Did they receive salvation as a gift? Did they receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Messiah? No, they rejected him. It says that in John chapter 1, verse number 11. It says, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. They didn't receive him, they rejected him. But as many as received them, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Who will go to heaven? Those that believe on his name. Those that believe on his name. Let's turn to John chapter 6, verse number 29. You know, on Sunday nights we've been looking at salvation. And again, there's some 
uh, again, some studies on the back table on the subject of salvation, a John Roman's uh, study on salvation. I encourage each one of you to go through that if you haven't already. And maybe do that Bible study with someone else. And the key to, again, the subject of salvation is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. John chapter 6, verse 29. And Jesus answered and said unto him, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. You know, the Jews didn't believe on him whom he had sent. They wanted a different guy. They wanted a Messiah that would be a conquering king. They didn't want a suffering savior that died in their place. The Bible says, believe on him who has sent. Verse 40, John chapter 5, verse 40, it says, And you will not come to me that you might have life. How can someone gain eternal life? They need to come to Jesus Christ and believe on the Son to have eternal life. Let's turn back to Revelation chapter 21. As we read through some of Revelation chapter 21 here, verse 24, into chapter 22, because I wanted just to do this before we close here today. When we look at the third heaven, as we look at paradise, who's going to be there someday? Is it going to be those people who just got lucky? Is it going to be those people that uh, just did the best they could? Those that just believe in God, etc. Well, notice here in verse number 24, I'll read uh, the last part of the chapter into chapter 21, uh, 22. It says, The nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor to it. There are going to be kings there. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all day by day, for there shall be no light there. And there shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or that maketh a lie. But they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. So who's going to be there? Those that are saved, those that are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he showed me a pure river, a water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bare twelve manner fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be upon their foreheads, and there should be no night there, and no need of the candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord giveth, uh, Lord God giveth them the light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Verse 6, it says, And he said unto them, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. Who's going to be there? The saved? It says in verse 24, those in the Lamb's book of life, verse 27. Verse, uh, verse 3 of chapter 22 says, His servants shall serve Him. Let me ask you this. Will you be in the third heaven? Based on the Word of God, will you be in the third heaven? Have you been saved? Have you repented and trusted in Jesus? Let's close as we consider the Word of God here this morning.